as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord for a little bit this morning, the beginning of miracles. The beginning of miracles. Lord, we need your help today to speak what you have impressed upon my heart and put in my spirit. I pray right now that the unction of the Holy Ghost move over this crowd. And Lord, what we have sensed and felt during the worship, Lord, does not dissipate, but it increases. Lord, let there be a divine move of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a demonstration of your power in this house today. I give you honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Now turn to two or three people around you and tell them you're excited about their miracle. Go ahead, tell them now I'm excited about your miracle. Amen. It was several years ago in 1998 when David Cloud wrote a scathing article denouncing modern Pentecostalism. The article was called The Strange History of Pentecostalism. Mr. Cloud declared that Pentecostalism from its inception had been characterized by doctrinal heresy, by exaggeration, and by deception. He says in the article, I realize these are hard words, but the first century messianic and apostolic miracles simply are not being performed in the church today. He goes on to say, those who claim that the apostolic Pentecostal signs have been restored are forced to exaggerate or to fabricate the alleged signs. My, my, my. He further states that the miracle movement of the 20th century is literally strong with the wreckage of spiritual confusion, error, and deception. He goes on to say that although I don't believe in miracles, I praise the Lord for their bold zeal and for the expressive and exuberant worship that is often found with the miracle movement. And I praise God for their confidence in the miracle working power of God. If only it were real and true. Well, I come this morning and I have a word for Mr. Cloud. Miracles are real and the word of God is still true. Is there anybody a witness this morning of the miracle working power of the almighty God? Is there anybody here that's been sanctified by the power of the Almighty God? People get caught up in the miraculous of healing. We often refer to healing as being the miracle. Perhaps it has become the miracle of choice. There are signs and wonders the Bible speaks about, but perhaps we overlook one of the most or the most important miracle that has ever been done in a life. 
And that was fulfilled in the early church in the book of Acts. For when the church began in its very inception, it began with a miracle of a sign from heaven that came as of a rushing mighty wind that I read into your hearing this morning. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, I come this morning to declare to you that if miracles cease, then the baptism of the Holy Ghost would have ceased at the early church. But I stand before you a witness today to tell you that there is still the miracle of healings. There's still miracles of signs and wonders. And there is still the miracle of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The old songwriter said, I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. I want you to know this morning that I was there when he saved me, when he filled me, when he turned my life around, when he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Any Holy Ghost filled people in the house today? One year ago this week, on a Friday night in Stockton, California, at the conclusion of landmark service, evangelist Lee Stone King was preaching, and a man that was confined to a wheelchair came forward for prayer. I later learned that that man happened to be one of the pastors of a church there in California. My oldest son, Gentry, happened to be there. He and some of the other ministers that were there began to lay hands on him and pray the prayer of faith over this crippled man. While they prayed for him, the man who had come into a service in a wheelchair was instantly healed and stood up and began to walk and leap and praise God. He was healed by the power of the Almighty God. Time would not prevent me to go through all of the stories that I could share with you this morning of time after time after time that God healed somebody of a sickness or a disease or a crippling uh, disease in their body. But I come this morning to declare that time neither would, 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 would allow me to be able to go through the, all the times that people whom I thought would never be filled with the Holy Ghost experienced the awesome miraculous healing power, delivering power, and saving power of the Almighty God. Can I share with every unbeliever in the house this morning, miracles are still real, and the power of God has not changed. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday today and forever. Miracles still happen today. The first miracle of Jesus we find recorded in the Word of God and I read into your hearing about in the book of John. We read where that he turned the water into wine. It's very clear in the scripture what transpired before the very eyes of his disciples, the strangeness of this miracle was that people didn't even know that a miracle had happened because they were not accustomed to miracles. They were not used to seeing miracles. It was astounding to them, but his disciples knew because the Bible says that they were the ones that filled the water pots with water. 
Can I tell you this morning that there's some folks that can sit through a miracle, sit in front of a miracle, and it happened right before their eyes, and they don't even recognize it as a miracle. But those that step in and participate in what is going on can rest assured one thing, that the miraculous power of the Almighty God is still at work today. I prayed for those who were sick and afflicted and I've seen them get up out of their bed. I've seen those on their deathbed that got up and were resurrected by the power of the Almighty God. I come this morning to tell you that there is no secret in the power of the Almighty God. It's not miracle oil that we place upon them. It is not some magical word that we speak to them. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there is miracle working power in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, miracles still happen. Now there's some things you need to know about this miracle. There was a need at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. They were out of wedding wine. Jesus was in charge of the wine. It was impossible for anyone to meet their need. There were more people than they had wine. They have now ran out. Mary commanded the servants to do whatever Jesus told them to do. Notice the submission and the obedience that is being taught in this text. She says, whatever he says to you to do, that's exactly what I want you to do. There, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the first things that must happen before anyone ever receives a miracle. Before a miracle of healing, one must do exactly what the Lord says to do. Before one can ever be filled with the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost, one must do exactly what he says to do. There are prerequisites to the miraculous. It is submission and obedience. If God, if, if God walked into the house today and spoke uh, to you and told you if you would do this and you would do that, then that's exactly what, I, what you and I would most likely do because we would trust it. But when a preacher walks to the pulpit with the word of God and begins to tell you if you will do exactly what God says to do today, I want to tell you there can be a miracle in your life. I wonder how many of you would respond. I wonder how many of you would be submitted and be obedient to what the preacher's telling you to do today. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning that if you walked in with an addiction in your life, I want you to know that addiction can be broken today by repentance and baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It can be broken. You walked in addicted, you can walk out delivered. Is there anybody that's ever been delivered by the power of the Almighty God? If I told you today that God would perform a miracle in your life, but it would require an act of faith and obedience on your part, how many of you would leave here with your miracle? You see, we have to participate with what he says. He says, go and fill the water, pot, water pots with water. Let me, let me try this with you this morning. God wants to give you a miracle. But it will require you to respond with faith. 
I want to challenge every person in the room under the sound of my voice this morning that before we leave, leave here today, I believe God is going to perform some miracles in this house today. But I want to challenge you that everybody's going to have to do exactly what he speaks when he speaks it. The greatest hindrance to the miraculous is when people refuse to respond to what God says. Your obedience to God in this service could be the difference between whether you leave here with your miracle or you leave here the way you came. Jesus worked with what he had to work with. All he had to work with were empty vessels and water. Empty vessels and water. That's not much to work with. But he worked with what he had to work with. Some folks don't give God much to work with. We want a miracle, but we don't want, we don't want to engage in what he's speaking. But I have a feeling today that if somebody would open up your heart, and somebody would begin to say, I'm going to begin to participate in what God's doing. There's some of you thus far in the service have yet to engage in praise and worship. Let me tell you what it will do for you. When you begin to praise and worship, it will change your mindset. When you begin to focus on Him, I've already shared this in my Path of Life class this morning, but if some of us today would begin to focus on Him and begin to participate in what He's wanting to do and begin to magnify Him and begin to talk about how good He is, all the problems you had at week, all this past week and the trouble you had on the job and the fight you had with your spouse could dissipate really quickly when you begin to magnify Jesus and talk about how great He is and how good He is and you begin to lift him up, all of the problems will begin to dissipate. And before long, your problems will begin to become smaller than you see God. I dare you this morning to engage all over this building, but just taking the next 10 seconds and just magnifying Jesus for a minute, front to back. Would you participate with me? Would you magnify the Lord today? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody open up your mouth and just give him the highest praise. Open up your mouth and give him the highest praise today. I can promise you if you won't do this, there is no miracle going to happen in your life. But by your praise and by your worship and by your participation, it can happen for you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus spoke a word of faith. That's what I did when I walked to this pulpit this morning. I said to you, I believe a miracle can happen. Jesus said, fill the water pots fill the vessels with water. Now, in another text, it said, first, go and borrow some vessels, as many as you can get. The first thing that he's got to do is he has to have a vessel to work through. 
He's got to have some willing vessel. Now this time last year, not this time, but a couple of weeks earlier than a year ago, I stood in this pulpit and I made a statement. And I said, we're living in a day when we need to see the dead raised. And I began to pray that the Lord would let us see the dead raised. We saw the dead raised. I'm good. I don't need another dead person to be raised. Because in order for there to be a need for the dead to be raised, somebody's got to die. And I wasn't expecting when I preached this message one year and one week ago for there to be one of our very own to fall dead in the floor right here in front of me. I wasn't expecting it. And I wasn't ready for it. But the Lord granted my wish. He granted my prayer when I said I want to see the dead raised. And she lay on this floor lifeless. But God miraculously raised her up. If you want to know why Sister Robin was walking back and forth across the front, standing here worshiping God today, it's because she knows what it is to have life taken from her. But also she knows what it is to be given a second chance and for the miracle working power of God to speak life back into her body. So there has to be a vessel. There has to be somebody that wants to be used. There has to be somebody that says, I'll be the vessel. And that's where you and I come into play. Because if we want to be part of the miracle, our part is being the vessel. Our part is the vessel. The water is the spirit that fills the vessel. The miracle happens when the spirit and the vessel Come together in agreement. And nobody going to help me preach this morning. Jesus spoke a word of faith. And he said, fill the vessels with water. The problem is that some of us would, would have received half a miracle. Because we would have tried to shortcut by rushing through and trying to have 68 minutes of service instead of going ahead and filling the vessels with water. The size of your miracle may depend on the level of your obedience today. The size... A half full vessel means it's going to only be half filled with wine. 
It's only going to be a half-filled miracle. But if you'll fill the water pot today, if you'll fill the water pot, get ready. He will turn the water to wine. He can turn a full vessel just as easy as he can turn a half a vessel. All he needs is the vessel. He said, fill the water pot. Fill the water pot. Fill the water pot. I wonder what would happen this morning if we fill this house with our praise and worship. What would happen today if we fill this house with our praise and worship, this house could be filled with the miraculous power of God. Hallelujah. So, so how much? So, so how much water will you put in your vessel today? So, how much praise and worship will you fill your vessel? with today. It could be that the size of your praise and worship will determine the size of your miracle. Well, pastor, all this just seems shallow and empty and insignificant. It doesn't seem like all this is very important. Can I tell you? A vessel and water is very insignificant. Anybody with me today? Why don't you wake up your neighbor and tell him pastor's preaching. The water and the pot was insignificant until Jesus turned the water into wine. If the size of your miracle is determined by the level of your obedience of praise and worship, what kind of miracle will you take home today? How engaged in what God is wanting to do will you? I'm not waiting for somebody to come tell me, come on, worship God with me. Come on, I'm not going to be begged to worship God. You know why? Because I know that the size of my praise and worship will dictate the size of my miracle. I'm tired of living where I've been living. Nobody's got to beg me. I'll step out and do it without any co coercing. I'll step out and do it without any begging. I'll praise Him because He's worthy. I'll worship Him because of who He is. I recognize I don't belong here. I recognize I'm not worthy. It's insignificant. Of course it is. It's just flesh and water. It's just flesh and water. But in a few moments, it becomes a sweet smelling savor in the nostrils of the Lord. And the glory is going to fill this house. And somebody is going to receive your miracle. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's magnify him for a moment. Come on and lift him up for a moment. Hallelujah. Come on, there's miracle work and power in the house today. There's miracle work and power in the house today.
There's miracle working power. Now let me ask you a question today. Let me ask you a question today. Is there anybody in the house that came in the door needing and desiring a miracle? Come on, lift up your hand. If you all over the room today, there are needs in the house. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. In order for there to be a miracle, there must be a need. The miracle, the first miracle that Jesus did was, you can be seated for a moment. We're going to get back to where we are. Don't disconnect. The, there had to be a need. And the miracle that the Lord did was in order to meet the need of the hour. Last year when our miracle resurrection, I think we're going to change it from Easter to being the last Sunday of January. We're going to call it Resurrection Sunday. In order for there to be a miracle, there had to be a need. And when the need hit this congregation at the point of their heart, this place fell on their face in prayer. We weren't concerned with who was going to get to Arnie's first. We weren't concerned with anything else. Nobody was leaving. Everybody was staying. People weren't sitting around looking. Nobody was sitting around looking. Everybody was on their face praying. At 1 o'clock, I'm at the hospital. I get a phone call. And the phone calls went like this. One of my boys called and said, Dad, there are grown men laying in the floor, flat on their face in the foyer. Sounds silly, doesn't it? But let somebody you love pass. And there is just a little bit of hope that there could be a miracle resurrection. And somebody says, it doesn't matter what it costs me. They can snicker and laugh if they want to. My knees are worn out. My back's worn out. I'll lay flat down and go prostrate in this floor if I have to. But I am determined that I'm going to touch heaven. Because when your desire to see a miracle gets great enough, when your desire for deliverance gets great enough, when your desire for victory gets great enough, you won't care what people say about you. You won't care what people think about you. Your tie and your coat, it's going to matter too much. You'll get desperate enough to say, I got to get the attention of heaven. I got to move heaven. I need a miracle. Six and a half weeks ago, I fell flat in the floor, lifeless. They said it was five to six minutes without a heartbeat or without breath. They say after four minutes, it begins to affect your brain. I have an excuse. I'm being real. I'll use it too. 
the first thing I remember when I came to, the first words I heard was I heard gentry over my back when he said, I command life back into that body. I heard him say it. And I got up. It takes faith to pray that kind of prayer. He didn't say, God, if it be your will, Lord, if you want to. Lord, he said, I command. Listen, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but when you get to fasting and praying, it begins to change your mindset. You ought to try it sometimes. It'll change you. When you get to fasting and praying and you get along and you get alone with God and you begin to communicate, it doesn't take too long until things begin to change in your spirit. That nonchalant attitude of, oh well, I'll go through another service will change. You walk in the house. First of all, you're expecting it to happen. Secondly, the things you battle with over and over again, you begin to realize I can have the victory over this. Brother Danny had been, Brother Danny had been fasting about, about 21, 22 days when he went to Lafayette last week and, pray, and, and, and preached. Preaching in Lafayette, he went there and began to preach the power of the Holy Ghost. Three, four, five people got the Holy Ghost. Somebody got out of a wheelchair that's been confined to a wheelchair for 17 or 18 years, got up and danced across the front of the building. I'm going to tell you miracles still happen. But I'm going to go a little further and tell you what happened when he came home. He said, Pastor, I've been on this Daniel's fast. But he said, this is all I'm going to do. This week, I'm going all out. He said, no more Daniel's fast. He said, if I can see these results with where I am, I'm going deeper in sacrifice, deeper in commitment, and I'm going to ask God for more. I don't know how many in this room are going to join me, but this week, we're going to go deeper than what we've been. We're going further than we've been. The last three days, we ought to go all out into this thing. We ought to go all in. We ought to fast without anything and ask God, let heaven rain down on us. Desperate times are met with def- desperate measures. And the greater the need, the greater the miracle. Oh, don't tell me God's not a healer. Don't tell me God can't resurrect the dead. Don't tell me God can't open deaf ears for I've seen it my, with my own eyes. I have seen the deaf be able to hear once when I was a child, once over a year ago when Dylan prayed the prayer of faith in Addison, Illinois and a little girl took off a hearing, a hearing apparatus and heard for the first time. I, I called Brother Labatt. I said, tell me about the little girl. He said, one week later, she's still hearing and hearing better every day. You think your need is impossible with the Lord. Phooey, the devil's been telling you that. Your addiction can't hold you. Your sin situation can't hold you. Heaven can break it this morning. What I've talked to you about today is just the beginning. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm out of time today. Brother Danny stole my thunder. 
A lady had been seeking for the Holy Ghost for 30 days. Three or four weeks, five weeks. Came to church in Walkerton, Indiana, where Gentry is preaching a revival this week. She was moving toward becoming a chronic seeker. She hadn't received it yet. She came forward for prayer, and when she started to pray, she fell in the floor with a, with a seizure. Several of the ministers went over and began praying for her, and God miraculously stopped the seizure, gave her her strength back, and she got up and began to seek and ask the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. After he healed her, he then filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because healing is just a sample of what he really wants to do in your life. Raising the dead is just a sample of what he really wants to do in your life. If you are here this morning and you've never been filled with the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, today is your day. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost today. It's not impossible. Your life can be changed. You can be turned around by the power of the Almighty God. Miracles happen in a prepared place. There's no place as prepared as a wedding. Miracles happen in an environment of obedience and faith. Mary said, do whatever he says. Jesus said, fill the water pots, and they were filled. Miracles happen where great needs are present. So my question for you this morning, how desperate are you for your miracle? Because the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is not that of healing or of resurrection. But it is the changing of the life and the heart of mankind. Putting them back in right relationship with God. I ask you to stand with me all over this building this morning. Heads are bowed throughout the room. The greatest need is the need of salvation, and the greatest miracle is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when He fills you, it's only the beginning because this is just the start. It doesn't end with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but we go on to grow in Christ. Why is the baptism of the Holy Spirit the greatest miracle? Because you can go to heaven with sickness in your body, but you can't go to heaven except you have been born again. I ask you this morning with no one looking around, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, the Lord is speaking to hearts today. There's miracle working power today. I feel an unction of the Spirit. I could come lay my hands. I could come tap two or three of you on the shoulder this morning because God's been speaking to you the whole time I have preached. The lights have been blinding me, but I have been connecting throughout this message this morning in the Spirit. And I feel today that God is drawing somebody to Him today. This is the day 
you need to respond to him today. God has been waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. There's never going to be a better day, never going to be a better moment, never going to be an easier time. This is the day of salvation. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's watching you this morning. But I call. There's already a crowd at the altar today, but there's some. There's some that need to step from where you are to the front of this room today and turn it over to God and let Him perform a miracle in your life. Come on, don't tarry. Please don't make me beg this morning. Don't make me go home today and beg God to lift the burden off of my heart that I feel so heavy this morning. Respond now. Respond now. Let Him work in your life. Maybe you want to just take somebody by the hand and walk here to the front with them. I know it's getting a little crowded here, but there's still room. There's still room today. There's still room here today. Just come press your way in. It's never going to be an easier time now. 